Hey, this is Evan Marquette, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love. Thank you for returning to the Love You podcast, a place you can learn everything you need to know about dating, relationships, sex, and men from a man's point of view. Today, we are talking about 10 reasons you don't believe in love and 10 reasons that you're wrong. Now, wrong is always the wrong choice of words. I'll be the first to admit it. It's a bit provocative. No one ever wants to be told that they're wrong about anything. So the term that we will use is uh, from here on in is ineffective. Why believing in love, not believing in love is ineffective. And we're just going to break it down into its component parts and, and, and shoot holes in all of those negative theories as to why this whole endeavor is useless and dating and relationships and men are a waste of time. This is going to be a little more freeform than usual Love You podcasts. I just have a couple bullet points on a page, not a whole script. So uh, bear with me, but I think this is going to be interesting and really important. This is the kind of thing that you're going to want to download onto your iTunes and listen to again and again, uh, especially when you find that yourself find that you're getting down uh, and losing hope that it's possible to find lasting love. So first, I want to talk about the concept of limiting beliefs. I don't know if you know what uh, limiting beliefs are. These are the kind of things, the terms that are thrown around in the self-help community a lot. Uh, limiting belief is something that is partially true, but not always true, that holds you back from success in life. Um, if uh, my limiting belief is that, you know, and again, this will stem back to high school, I never thought I'd walk into a room and be the best looking guy in the room. Right? And that's, I don't, again, I don't even think that's a limiting belief. I don't think that's so much true. The question is, what, what would that impede me from doing? Right? If I actually internalize that and define myself by my physical limitations, because I'm five foot nine and I have big ears and a big nose, well, then uh, I would paralyze myself. I would never be able to go and talk to women. I would uh, be take rejection really personally when it came to online dating. I would um, limit the quality of the woman that I asked out because I didn't think I was good enough. I would carry myself with insecurity in the relationship. And all because of the limiting belief about what a guy who looks like me could do in dating and relationships. And again, I'm not particularly insecure about my looks. I'm just more secure in other things. So limiting beliefs are really powerful. They, they dictate, and they're sort of the internal script that run your entire life. In order to succeed, we need to shoot down those limiting beliefs. I just need to obliterate them or at least reframe them so that they, they don't define your entire worldview. So we do that three-step three process. I'm not going to go through the three-step process over and over, but you have to find an example where your limiting belief is not true. You have to find an example where your belief hurts you, how it's impacted you. And then you have to turn your limiting belief around by focusing on the opposite. Right? Essentially, we're just trying to turn the glass half empty into the glass half full. When acknowledging, it's always both. Right? It's not either or. But when you look at the world through a negative lens and you see everything through the negative lens, it's bound to leave an imprint on you and the people around you. So I held a dating boot camp the other day. Uh, lots of fun. Uh, just here in Los Angeles, um, 10 women uh, in a conference room uh, came and joined me and we talked about their limiting beliefs. And uh, these are some of the things that we, we, we wrote down. I'm attracted to emotionally unavailable men. This is a, a limiting belief. So no one's going to disagree that you're attracted to what you're attracted to. You can't help what you're attracted to. You can't logic your way into it. Right? Attraction is, uh, comes from deep within. Uh, it's often correlated with lust. It's often correlated with um, 
how you grew up, right? I mean, you know, dad stuff. I mean, there, there, we could go really deep on talking about why people are attracted to certain people, and we don't even need to figure it out. It's the emotionally unavailable part, right? That sort of defining characteristic. Oh, you know, I'm used to distant, abusive men. I'm attracted to distant, abusive men. My father was a distant, abusive man, and so I, I can't. Right? That, that's just that just is the way it is. Here's the thing about attraction. It's always going to exist, but you don't have to act on it. Right? So when we're reframing this limiting belief, we're not saying that you're going to stop being attracted to anything. Right? No more than, again, if we flip this whole, whole thing over and we talk about you know, guys and say, oh man, I just like you know, hot, crazy girls. I just can't help but how attracted I am to them. And it's always a nightmare. Well, okay, well, you'll always be attracted to what you're attracted to physically. But that doesn't mean you have to choose that person, much less choose that person over and over and over again. Right? That's not your fate. Right? If anything, you could still be attracted to someone, right? but they're not emotionally unavailable. And if you're attracted to them because they're emotionally unavailable, that's something that we need, that's a skill that we need to relearn. Right? Don't like a guy because he activates your anxious attachment style, because he's exciting, because you never know where you stand with him, because he texts you once a week and sleeps with you and then says something mean to you, but comes back and tells you he loves you in that weird, crazy roller coaster. Re literally retrain yourself to, to find that behavior abhorrent. Right? Train yourself to, to value when guys treat you well. That, that, that's not something that's impossible. I mean, that's, it's, it's going to determine your entire future. Right? You, you can't just use the excuse that you're attracted to the wrong guys. You have to stop choosing the wrong guys and realize that's not every guy on the planet. Right? And all my clients who end up uh, in successful relationships, this is exactly what they do. Just because you've done something in the past doesn't mean you have to do it in the future. Next bullet point to limiting belief. Dating is a waste of time. Huh? Dating can be a waste of time um, if you don't learn from it. Certainly, um, if you, you know, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, and, and uh, uh, if you're doing anything and you're not making any progress, you're not having any joy, I could see how you might conclude that dating is, in fact, a waste of time. The problem is, of course, is that dating is the process by which you find a relationship. You don't, usually, one doesn't come without the other. Very few people just stumble out of bed, oh my god, I'm getting married. You have to date, you have to go out with people sit across the table from someone, get to know someone, make yourself vulnerable, go through that process. So once again, we're in this place where just because you've dated a certain way in the past doesn't mean that's the way you have to date in the future. If you're on Tinder and you're swiping right and you're doing one text and meeting a total stranger for coffee and that stranger sends you a dick pic and wants to sleep with you right away, you can say, well, yeah, dating sure seems like a waste of time. The problem is it's not, that's not the only way people date. It might be the way you're dating. It might be your willingness to go out with total strangers. It might be your willingness to, to text uh, strangers and meet people who have no personal investment in you, but it's not the only way to date. So dating can be a waste of time. Um, it could be a, a time filler, um, but we, you know, it's no more a waste of time than going to law school is a waste of time if you want to get a law degree. <laughs> Or you know, practicing piano is a waste of time if you want to um, you know be a concert pianist. This is a process, and there's no circumventing the process. The only circumventing the process is luck, and you can't really you can make your own luck a little bit. I've talked about it in a previous podcast, but you can't legislate luck. You can't just say, love happens when you least expect it, and if the right guy finds me, then great. Well, that's absolving yourself of all personal responsibility. Dating done right 
right, which is what I hope to give you in the Love You podcast and all of my products and coaching programs. Dating done right is not a waste of time. It's a, it's a constant process of, of learning and exploration and trying on different guys and seeing what works and building confidence and experience so you can make better relationship choices over time. There's a, an evolution between each boyfriend that gets you closer and closer to your destination. That's my story. That's what I've tried to reverse engineer for you. So dating won't feel like a waste of time anymore. It doesn't have to be this way. Next, no one will want to marry me. Limiting belief. Men always leave me. Limiting belief. That may have been true in the past, but again, that's consistent with the old you. Uh, that's consistent with where you were at that point in time in your life. You're a different person now. You've grown. You've evolved. You've matured. Hopefully, you've gained some confidence and experience to not make the same mistakes that you made in your early 20s or your late 20s or your 30s. Hopefully, there's been some growth there. So just because in the past men haven't wanted to marry you doesn't necessarily mean that that's always going to be the case. And the fact that men always leave you might be, once again, consistent with the men that you choose. Right? If you choose consistently emotionally unavailable men, because that's what you're attracted to, if you choose Peter Pans who never want to settle down, if you choose guys who travel a lot and are selfish narcissists, or you could go on and on and on about guys who are bad relationship bets, well, yeah, uh, you know, uh, you're just dealing with numbers. Um, you know, there's a book by Jonah Lehrer called Imagine. He talks about how artists have like 20 times, 40 times greater incident of being bipolar than regular people um, and much higher adults, uh, 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 much higher incidence of uh, adult depression because their careers are so unstable and they have trouble making a living and they have an artistic temperament. So if one chooses to date only artists because you're an artist, that's the only person who can understand you, well, then it's, again, there's, there's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And my answer is not to give up on every artist ever, but understand that doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results is not necessarily a good plan. So if you're choosing men who are flaky, flighty, selfish, from the very beginning, unstable, don't want to get married, don't want to have kids, and you're thinking, well, I love him, I'm just going to stay with him and hope he changes or gets better, you can't be too surprised that you're, you're left holding the bag. You choose nicer guys who are consistent and kind and relationship-oriented, and well, they're less likely to leave you by definition. And I know the pushback. Well, I'm not attracted to those guys. Those guys are boring. I assure you, there is a sweet spot between emotionally unavailable dick and weak, needy puppy dog guy, right? It's the nice guy with balls is what we call him. And there's plenty of them out there if you choose to explore. Next point. Infidelity is inevitable. Infidelity is inevitable. This, again, is another sort of another variation on the same theme. A guy's bound to cheat on you. Why? Because other people have cheated on you. My wife has been cheated on by three boyfriends and one husband. Right? That does not mean I'm going to cheat on her. Right? Each person is a separate roll of the dice, right? completely separate roll of the dice. And there's nothing for you to even be insecure about when you consider um, whether every guy is going to cheat. Statistically, they say 20 to 25% of people will cheat over the course of marriage for a really long period of time. Right? 20 to 25%, at least 75% who don't. Right? So the idea that every man is going to cheat, not true. Right? You're, you're missing the majority of men who would sooner break up with you than cheat. 
Right? So you can't live in that world where you think no matter what happens, there's no point. Guys are always going to try to get some on the side. It's not necessarily true. It's the men that you've chosen. So I hope before we go to break, we wrap up this, this half of the podcast, that you're already seeing this pattern, right? which again, I've inadvertently established for you. The idea that, that your past is going to be indicative of your future, first of all, right? that you have no control of your own destiny, not true. And the idea that, that the men you've chosen in the past have to be the men that you choose again down the road, or that, that that's indicative of all men, when it's only indicative of a small slice of men that you've chosen, right? Cheaters, liars, players, losers, users, slackers, that's, that's not every man. That might be your pattern, but you can break your pattern. Right? There's, there's good people out there. I'm friends with a ton of them. Right, really, really good, happily married people. Right, and there's a lot of really, really good people who are unhappily married right now, who once they <laughs> realize how unhappy they are, are bound to get divorced and go back into the dating pool. So please don't think that your, your course is set for life. You can change it if you choose to. So after the break, we're going to come back with some more limiting beliefs, a few more reasons that you don't believe in, in love and how to turn them around. Uh, my name is Evan Marquez. I'm your host of the Love You Podcast. I'll see you after the break. Hey, this is Evan Marquette, studying coach for smart, strong, successful women. You're a personal trainer for love. Welcome back to the Love You Podcast. We're talking about 10 reasons that you don't believe in love and why that ain't working for you. Um, and because of uh, restrictions on time, technically there's no restriction on time, but I try to pull this in at a reasonable uh, pace every time I do this. I want to get right back to the list and talk about some of these reasons that uh, you're limiting yourself when it comes to your belief. The next bullet point is no one will accept me or love me as I am. Um, that's a personal one for me, uh, and, 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 I, and I get it. Um, when I was single, that was the hardest thing for me to find. I mean, the, the, the single uh, greatest characteristic my wife has, the, the reason I chose her above everybody else I dated, and I dated a lot, was that she was the only person who ever accepted me in full without trying to change me. I mean, that is her number one differentiator over everybody else I've ever met. Um, and so I get what it's like to, to love someone who's always trying to criticize you or change you or, you know, we'd be perfect if you just did this. And it's sort of always on your case about what's wrong with you, right? uh, which inflames your insecurities. We all have insecurities. We all have things that are wrong with us. but. Ultimately, it's not that we think our partner should be blind to our insecurities. It's just they, they fundamentally have to accept our flaws if they're going to be good partners. Um, and if you've been through the rigmarole when it comes to dating and have had a lot of turnover and a lot of potential and a lot of critical people in your life, and sometimes the more impressive and ambitious and analytical someone is, the more critical they are. The more they're harder on themselves, they're harder on everybody. Right? Some people are just easygoing, go-with-the-flow people. Right? If you're attracted to those kind of critical people, and I'm, I'm one of them, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pain and I'm critical of others as I am myself, um, that can be kind of exhausting. But know that for every person like that, there's, there's people who are content, people who are nice, people who are not trying to change. And if you look at uh, the happy marriages out there, um, there's tons of evidence of this. People who are together forever, accept each other's flaws, learn how to laugh at them, and they make things work. 
So you might not have met that person, or you might have passed that person up in, in your past. Doesn't mean you, you know, that you made the wrong decision. But the idea that there is no one in the world who will love you or, or accept you, I'll remind you that dating is always, you know, I'll probably hit this in another bullet point. Dating's a Venn diagram. There's there's all the people who you want, and there's all the people who want you, and we're just looking for that point of inter intersection. Right? You only need one guy who fully accepts you for who you are. So the idea that all guys, you know, are, you know, won't love you as you are is may have been true thus far, but it's not true forever, and it's certainly not set in stone. Your next limiting belief that I hear a lot, men are only looking for sex. This is, once again, the monolithic men. All men in all situations are only looking for sex. And again, to me, the key word is only. Are men looking for sex? Absolutely. I mean, who, you know, men are driven by testosterone. Testosterone drives people to look for sex. I am the first to acknowledge that men look for sex in the process of finding love. And they could easily separate those two things. So it's not that men don't look for sex. It's that even good men who uh, want to fall in love, get married, start families, are also looking for sex, but not at the exclusion of love. I remember reading a poll that said 75% of men want to find love. Right? There's 25% of guys who just want to want to play and be single and want their freedoms, but the vast majority, and it is a vast majority of men, are in fact looking for love. It just means that they're willing to have sex with strangers along the way that has no meaning. So you think it means that he's a user when he thinks you're just having fun. So let's absolve ourselves of the idea that men only look for sex, right? All men only look for sex, don't care about women's feelings, don't want to settle down, don't want commitment. Studies show that men are, are considerably more likely, I'm gonna botch the numbers, um, to want to get remarried after divorce, right? If you talk about, you know, people who've been divorced, 70% of guys want to get remarried compared to like 45% of women, something like that. So men really, really do want relationships. Whether you want to be with them is a completely separate story. But don't, don't fool yourself into thinking that guys are just, you know, non-committal sex machines because that's not true. Men aren't interested in me. I hear that a lot, and again, it dovetails with some of these other limiting beliefs. Men aren't interested in me. Um, I don't think that's entirely true. I think what happens when you feel that way is that it becomes a worldview that reinforces itself. So if you don't think men are interested in you, you stop trying with men. You take yourself out of the dating market. You don't bother to flirt, smile at strangers, put yourself online. Uh, you don't bother to dress nice, put up, put on makeup, right? You just, you accept, well, guys aren't interested in me, so why should I put any effort into it? Right? Well, the lack of effort that you're putting into dating, relating, connecting with strangers, creating opportunity for dates, is that men won't be interested in you because you're not showing any, any reason, you're not showing any interest in them nor any reason for them to be interested in you. Right? Again, it's no slam against you, but if you're the person who dresses down and wears a hoodie and you know, you know, looks at your iPhone while you're walking and doesn't go out to socialize with friends and smile at guys and strike up conversations, refuses to date online because it's been too hurtful or rejecting, well, yeah, it'll be hard to get men interested in you if you don't really put yourself out in the world. Right? So we could see how these things build onto themselves. Um, you're not wrong for feeling hurt or rejected, that, that's human. It's getting back out there, learning from your experience, 
right? And trying to find a different way of doing things that yields different results instead of saying, I guess this is my fate. Some people are just not meant to be with anybody. I've heard that a lot. Some people are just not meant to be with anybody. It's not true. Right? Most people get married, like still, you know, 90 plus percent of people eventually get married if they want. So this isn't a ma matter of whether you can find it. It's whether you're willing to keep working at it, learning from your experience and trying different things instead of saying, I guess this is destiny. I guess this is fate. Here's a more pointed one. The men I want aren't interested in me. The men I want aren't interested in me. I have lots of thoughts about this, but I'll just say that's called dating. That's not you. That's everybody. I mean, again, if we go back to the, the, the Venn diagram, all the people I want to date don't want me. All the people who want me, I don't want to date. That's how I'm single. And that's, that's everybody. It's every man, every woman. If you found someone that you liked who also liked you, you'd be in a relationship. <laughs> so the definition of dating is all the people who want me, I don't want. Uh, we take that personally as if it's, this, it's, it's your own unique curse. <laughs> when everybody is running around looking, right? It's a game of musical chairs and everybody's just looking for, for that one fit. Right? Ultimately, in a relationship, you know, sometimes people mutually break up, but usually it's one person says, hey, this isn't working for me anymore. I'm going to break up with you. And I trust you've been on both ends of it. You've broken up with people who liked you more and broken their hearts. And you've had your heart broken. Most people have been on both sides of it. Right? But we don't think of it like that. We just think that there's something uniquely special, uniquely wrong. Right? The men I like aren't interested in me. I like guys who are this. And the only guys who like me are this. And it turns into this big caricature of how dating actually works. It's really more subtle shades of gray. Um, I've been rejected by some extraordinary women and I've uh, rejected some extraordinary women for God knows what reason. Right? Sometimes it was, it was picky and fickle, sometimes it was perfectly valid, but that is part of the process. Right? That's, that's a process for everybody. Right? The difference that I have is that it never occurred to me that giving up was an option. So I was just the glutton for punishment and went on 300 dates before I became a dating coach. Right, most, people, most people give up before then or settle before then or opt out or you know, continue to the same, make, make the same mistakes. I just turned it into a, you know, a real life science experiment. But the idea that the men you want aren't interested in you is a limiting belief that's not necessarily tr more true to you than anybody else. So far, the men you want haven't been interested in you right, or have broken up with you eventually you're going to find a guy that you're interested in, who's interested in you, who sticks around, right, makes you happy, you make him happy, you put a ring on it and you'll live happily forever after. It happens all the time. It just hasn't happened for you yet. There's no quality men in my area. I'm always amused by this one. And, and listen, people believe this to be true. Unless you live in a town of 1,500 people in you know, a rural part of the country, you haven't met nor dated everybody in your area. And you could swear up and down that you've, you've, you've seen every single person on Match.com, right? You've gone through all that, you, you, know, I, you know, I've seen these same faces for years. I've been dating for years. I mean, I'm sure he's looking at you. She's been on this site for years too. The truth is you've never gone through the entire dating pool, but we tend to believe this. I, I mean, I'm guilty as charged. I, when I was on my late 20s dating spree, there was a point I said, you know what, I'm gonna go to New York. I'm gonna go on a wife hunt. Right. There's no one, no one in LA for me, you know, LA people, 
New York people are smart and they're direct and they're funny and you know LA people. So I was I was willing to give up in Los Angeles, which I think is the biggest city in America. I was willing to give up on it as if I've just exhausted it. It's not true. It's silly. It's narcissistic. It's it's get over yourself if you think you've dated everybody in your city and met everybody in your city. You haven't. Really, I'm getting unless you live in, you know, a, a complete backwater area, in which case you know, uh, I can't tell you to move, but there are certainly uh, nearby metropolises where there are more opportunities for you. Um, again, I don't want to minimize that. But most of us, most of the people who follow me and watch me, haven't used up all the quality men in your city. You just haven't met them. You don't know how to meet them. And that's why I'm a big advocate of online dating. Um, I've got a program called Finding the One Online, uh, www.findingtheoneonline.com. Um, that will walk you through the entire process of how to do this more successfully. I'm not here to sell you, I'm just letting you know. Last bullet point I want to touch on, <clears throat> a reason you don't believe in love, is I'm not worthy. Right? The idea that your single status, your frustration, is somehow indicative of a, of a colossal, irrevocable flaw, something deep inside of you that everybody recoils from. You're not good enough to deserve love. You're not good enough to deserve that great guy. I'm not going to play psychologist with you. I'm not going to tell you why you were that way. That kind of stuff is deep-seated. Again, it may start in your childhood from things that your parents told you. It may have been an abusive ex-boyfriend who uh, took his toll on your self-esteem. But please believe me in this moment. You are worthy. Everybody's worthy. You don't deserve love simply by having a heartbeat. There's a lot of people who are not great people, who are not great catches. I don't suppose that that applies to you. Largely the reason that most of my listeners, readers, followers, fans are single is not because there's something wrong with you, but rather there's something wrong with your choice of partners. You choose partners who are emotionally unavailable who don't want to get married, who are unfaithful, who don't accept. Right? You're choosing the wrong people. You're fine. And once you learn to get back out there, create a love life from scratch online, go on more dates and make better choices with men, your love is inevitable. Your lasting love is inevitable. So please don't give up. Don't despair. Don't look at the glass half empty. This could all be yours. but. You have to reframe those negative beliefs and look on the bright side because that's the other half of the story that a lot of times you don't even bother to consider. My name is Evan Mark Katz. This is Love You Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter and go to www.evanmarkkatz.com. Give me your email address and I will send you free dating and relationship advice until you don't need dating and relationship advice. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you again next week when we talk about 10 reasons you don't believe in online dating specifically and how we could reframe them into more positive thoughts. Thanks for your time.